0: Alrighty, welcome back to Web3 with RT. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm your host, Ethan, and um, we've got a very close friend of mine and special guest on the podcast today. It's uh, Sean. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Sean?
1: Thanks, Ethan. Um, thanks for having me on. My name's Sean. I'm 21. I'm from around here, but grew up with Ethan and just finished my finance degree last year. been working with RevTech for about a year. Um, But it probably looks like I'm going to pursue another opportunity down in Melbourne soon. And I guess in my free time, I love kind of getting out in the ocean or nature, adventuring and traveling, meeting new people and seeking discomfort. I love it.
0: Really speaks (laughs) to me, Sean. Um, Now, Sean and I have been good friends for a number of years. So it was cool to just get a little teaser trailer on the podcast here and get it up. And um, yeah, kind of get the nerves out of the way. Um, But I think we really wanted to center this whole podcast about how the average person can get into crypto and I guess learning from our experiences in the last couple of years how scary it might be to actually really just get into it. I think, you know, that fine line of actually dipping your toes in the water at the start can be pretty freaky and I guess that knowledge gap right at the start when you know absolutely jack shit is, uh, yeah, it's pretty daunting. Um, So I think we'll just go over a bit of our experiences and how Sean kind of got into crypto and, and wanted to... Um, really scale up and, and get into a full time. Um, so yeah, how would you get into crypto, Sean? I think
1: I think I'd always heard about it, and I guess because I'd learned more about stocks, which which are you know not not similar, but just because I'd learned about that, I was like, no, I just want to kind of delve into that and specialize in that. And it kind of was like I was like, almost like angry at crypto because I was like, oh, there's all these guys making all these returns, and like <laughs> but I don't want to get into that. Cause I'm already like kind of going down this lane. And I think I remember going to those, um, <laughs> when we did those 5am clubs um, with you and you and a couple of your mates were just like looking at kind of like link and stuff. I remember you just trying to like, we were just trying to wrap our hand, like head around like what is crypto, like the basics. And I was just kind of always looking at you guys doing that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I think I got Binance uh, like a couple of weeks later and started trading a bit on that but. Didn't really get into it um, straight away because I had Binance, but they only had kind of like a few like really high cap coins, which was um, in retrospect, probably what I should have stuck to. Um, <laughs> probably. Initially. That. Um, and I traded them a bit, but I, I found um, trading and investing in kind of small cap stocks on like ASX more, I guess, I guess there's more opportunity there for me because I had a quite small por- um, small portfolio, um, and then I guess I guess I got introduced a few maybe a couple of months later to MetaMask and decentralized exchanges, and that's where they are. The real fun began. Yeah, that's where you started to lose most of your network. <laughs> <laughs> All the hard
0: earned stock money just decided to leave. Um, yeah, I guess on that note, my experience was pretty similar. I think there's only a certain amount of days that you can look at just, you know, um, what do you call it, you know, d- double digit percentage returns on someone mm. else's screen next to you before you kind of yeah. lose your shit and decide that, you know, 8% a year on Vanguard probably isn't the most fun for a 19, 20 year old. And uh, yeah, and then I would kind of went down the rabbit hole ever since. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting for a lot of people to know like coming from your background and doing you know a couple of years in uni and graduating with finance and trading stocks what's the transition like from trading small cap stocks and and going down that rabbit hole to actually moving over to crypto and how you actually look to value those and the fundamentals of it if any fundamentals that is
1: (laughs) yeah I think well just I feel like initially coming from university and investing like you're taught very traditional stuff like value like even talking about kind of tech stocks and small cap stocks it's all like they don't they don't even want to talk about that at all um and i feel like there's this certain view because you see all these kind of crypto guys who are you know not just kind of anyone really just like getting in making these amazing returns and it's almost like frustrating that you've like done these like years of university and you're like modeling all this stuff and you know trying to eke out you know a few percent here and there and then there's these guys just like yeah i just bought you know obama coin or whatever and just friggin' did this or even like good projects like link and stuff and so i feel like there's that initial kind of jealousy i suppose it would be um that kind of keeps a lot of people hating on it and finding reasons to hate it and i did initially i was just like always looking for reasons just to hate it Um, But then, you know, slowly started crossing over the dark side and it felt good and just learning about it. And I think the community uh, for me was like one of the biggest things that I initially really loved about crypto. Um, And I guess value-wise, I have started realising and continue to realise how important narratives are. Um, Because like with stocks, you can always just kind of look at something and if there's you know a bad narrative on it but you kind of delve into the numbers a bit and you're, and you're liking it and you're seeing some growth and upcoming catalysts and this and that you can just be like well the business is is going well so yeah I feel pretty comfortable holding it a in crypto kind of like the buy and hold just with just focusing on the business didn't work for me initially and I think the biggest probably example of that was with Olympus and Um, some of those DeFi 2.0 protocols where, you know, those companies were getting bigger and or protocols were getting bigger and better every day, um, but the token wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I've realised how important community and narratives are and use cases are and kind of, I guess, future developments and stuff are rather than what it's making right now and what the business is doing right now. And also what people are behind it as well. I mean, that's important in the stock as well, but really important in crypto as well. I feel like a lot of people um, really value that just because there's not as much behind these things. Yeah,
0: 100%. I think it's it's tough to come from, like both of us coming from a a background of really putting in the hard yards to try and value something and look for like a long-term approach and... You know, saying that I'll I'll make sure I hold this for five to 10 years or at least like a six month swing trade or something like that. But it's fundamentally a great business. And when you get outperformed by the guy next to you that has done like very little research, but he's writing the whole thing on the community, it doesn't make much sense at the start. And I think it's easy to to kind of
1: hate it as well. Yeah. I think initially I was always just like finding reasons to be like, no, that's not right. Or, you know, like that. know that's an, an you know anomaly and and now i think i'm trying to kind of merge everything and be like what can i learn from from this guy who's trading these shit coins and <laughs> doing this and doing that or, yeah. or or like doing all this technical stuff um what, how can i kind of bring everything together and and look at things from a few different perspectives before i invest in something yeah, hundred percent. I think you really need to like let your ego go
0: as well. I think both of us have found that you know if you're sitting next to that guy and he's trading shit coins or he's made you know million dollars in NFTs or something and you feel like you've put in more work, it's easy to kind of disregard that and think that it's just you know it's just one guy. Who I can't make any money out of her. It. It's all it's just a bubble. But I think putting that aside and really you know as we did with crypto the first time, you kind of just dive down the rabbit hole and dip your toes in and, and give it a shot. It's interesting to see all these new up-and-coming things like the metaverse and NFTs and all this sort of stuff that you can really get a lot out of it still. Um, But I guess on that note, coming from that background, have you found any sort of niche that you've really been attracted to in crypto?
1: Yeah, I think obviously coming from a finance background, like I was attracted to DeFi straight away. Um, Just because you can really see the use cases there. But I think as I've gotten more into it, I'm really starting to enjoy looking at just Web3 companies um, that aren't even on the blockchain. Some of them just are doing cool things that when they have DeFi integrations, but kind of utilizing them in different ways. And then also like NFT projects. Like initially, I guess I was just kind of saw the profile pictures and was like, whatever. But now, kind of seeing the communities that are built around them and how you can kind of go find your people and the kind of events that you can host and the e-commerce integrations and the gaming integrations. I think all of that's super cool as well. Um, But I think definitely I feel safest in DeFi, even though, yeah, not performed very (laughs) well I guess. over the last few months.
0: Number go down, but... um, I think I'm really trying to
1: learn about all the infrastructure as well. That's where I really am trying to get my head around because it's like, yeah, the DeFi stuff's cool. and all the art and the kind of NFT stuff's cool, but what's the actual really kind of foundational stuff and how does it all work exactly? I think I'm, I'm really trying to dive into that lately.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see a bunch of these different companies. I think we're on the same level there is it's it's, um, I don't know, it helps us both go to sleep better at night when we know there's actually numbers behind these companies and we're not going to wake up and it's all over.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what we've been trained to do. <laughs> yeah. but, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, yeah maybe like some of these other guys probably feel way more comfortable because there's a good narrative behind it or you know some guy on twitter shilling it um, that they trust even if there's no numbers behind it and i think that's what we're um we're learning yeah
0: i think that's like uh, there's a a huge thing there about not just being like a bitcoin maxi or an ethereum maxi but you can get pretty caught in being an nft maxi or being like a defi maxi or something like that as well mm. and i think that I mean, from our experience, where most of that money lies, or you I guess transversing through different you know cycles and whatnot, if you want to get the most out of it, you can probably still make a lot of money in you know any one of those little um, pockets. But I think if you're able to transition with the narrative from DeFi to NFTs, or you know, through to a DeFi 2.0, or through the Metaverse or something like that, and you're writing these narratives, or it's MEV or something like that you're able to get a lot more out of it. And I think Definitely. even with DeFi, they're amazing businesses, but because it's so sentiment related here, all the money's going to leave if there's no funding or there's no attention. Yeah. So we've got this amazing business in DeFi, but nobody really cares about it because a new profile <laughs> picture just came up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess
1: you can see that with, you know, protocols like Ethereum. Yeah. Um, just the network effects it has and the kind of flywheel effect that that has. Um, so it's so is about narrative and about who they're partnered with and who the team members are and, yeah, because yeah. any blockchain can kind of copy Ethereum, but it's just like, yeah, they don't have those network effects, or those flywheel effects. And it's just kind of the same when trading or investing in some of these tokens. It's like, well, you know, this person behind this one and it's doing this, you know, and this one, you know, it might be making the same amount of revenue, but it's, it's got a different narrative. Yeah. And it'll go way worse sometimes. So, yeah, super interesting. And it's going to be so interesting to see how as more traditional finance people cross over and start to you know really try to value these things how that kind of plays out okay. yeah i'm super excited and interested to see see how that plays out as well
0: yeah it'd be super interesting to see how far down the rabbit hole a lot of these funds go like there's big funds like framework and even um, you know Andreessen Horowitz and stuff that're coming in and they're, they're going pretty far down the rabbit hole already and they're giving a lot of attention to some of these smaller protocols with a lot of funding that obviously their timeline is at least three to five years to get that liquidity most of the time, or you would hope so at least. Um, yeah, but I, I guess on that note as well, going through all that sort of stuff and, and having you know traditional finance come into it, do you think their view on it is more, hey, this is a great narrative, we actually are playing into this, it's, it's the next five, ten years and then it's over, it is a big bubble, but we want to make money or... Do you think they do really have a, a really long-term perspective on it because of a lot of these funds
1: yeah i think i was listening to a podcast with Vitalik actually mm. and he was saying that you know a lot of the time you know the first kind of movers in in an industry really have those those values yeah um but you know when that when they're, you know when that industry does take to start to take off and there is that hype it does bring in a lot of people who, who just want to make money. And, I mean, you know, making money is fine. Like, you know, and, you know, that is, you know, part of what crypto is. Like, it's for people with small portfolios to be able to leverage DeFi and stuff to, you know, gain financial freedom earlier on. Like, there's nothing wrong with making money. I think it's just when people start shilling stuff and misleading people and kind of doing dodgy stuff and scamming people and all that. And it's interesting, like, how... Because i feel like the community is really strong in crypto and it's kind of what's so attractive about it and it's going to be interesting to see how how we can kind of keep that community and those values really strong as as the kind of masses come in and how it changes because i remember vitalik was saying some stuff about yeah trying to really distance himself from people but then you know he doesn't want to do that and there's all these different kind of factors about it but yeah it's going to be interesting because as we do start to see it hopefully mature in the next couple of years then it will be harder to you know make a lot of money out of it and then that's where people start to really get competitive and it's you know not as much as that we're all going to kind of make it because we're all super early and it'll turn into you know this kind of competitive landscape, which would be great um, for consumers and stuff but I just wonder if that'll shift the um shift the culture a little bit hopefully not <laughs> yeah
0: hopefully not i mean obviously on crypto twitter and stuff like that's when most people get their alpha there's always people turning on each other and yeah. can be a pretty <laughs> gnarly space as well but i think in a lot of discords and things like that you can find really niche communities and i think there's a lot of great content out there already on finding your community And i think that's such a big thing in crypto is finding a bunch of friends or online friends or whatever it might be that really resonate with your values as well
1: yeah and you can do that through NFTs now and stuff, um, yeah. buying specific NFT projects. I think there's always good people out there, um, and especially being online. Like, if you don't, I don't know, like some people, you can literally just unfollow them and then mm-hmm. go find literally anyone that has just a Twitter account me, all over the world and just go find your tribe kind of thing. So, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I feel like you'll always be able to find like-minded people.
0: Yeah. Um, I did want to ask as well, I guess coming... From the background of trading stocks and it's nine to five and you know we don't do public holidays and we don't do weekends and (laughs) it's not that 24 7 market that we have in crypto i think what a lot of people get in this especially founders and then founders of crypto and people that are working in venture capital i think burnout is such a huge thing so for someone like you that's coming from that you know maybe even trading daily looking at charts and then being able to do that 24 7 while trying to build something unique and, and trying to invest in projects and get as much alpha as you can. How do you manage that work-life balance, you know, in, in a good way? Or, you know, because we're, we're young, do you even look to manage that work-life balance?
1: Yeah, I think at the moment I'm pretty addicted to it all. So <laughs> I kind of love the 24-7 nature of crypto. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I definitely did at the start develop a and probably still do have an unhealthy relationship with CoinGecko. Yeah. Um, so I think, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's an industry, um, you know, and especially in, in traditional finance as well in the stock market. Like, you've got to kind of be all over it. Otherwise, you know, maybe it's better off just buying an index. Like, I feel like you've got to be, you know, really on top of your projects, really on top of what news is going on, especially in crypto and so it is kind of a 24 7 relationship, but I love it. And I think I always find like, you know, moments from every day to, you know, meditate or go for surf or do this or that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a pretty, a pretty kind of marriage of the game kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good But I think you can always find, yeah, an hour here, an hour there to, to do something that really takes it out. I think I would struggle if I didn't have like hobbies or, or things that I did that didn't really remove myself from it. Yeah. Like I really am so grateful that, you know, me and you love to go out into nature or like go for surf or meditate or something like that because if I was like in crypto and then like we were to, I don't know, just go out clubbing all the time or, or just go and game or something like that, I feel like I'd still be pretty frazzled. Um, yeah. But just being able to reset is, is nice.
0: Yeah, it's such an important thing. I think my experience with it as well as, you know, getting first into crypto, just locking myself in my room for eight hours a day and not talking to anyone, wearing black and not showering and then figuring out that, you know, once you get past that couple of week mark, you, to kind of keep that work-life balance, you have to be very much in love with it. And it's hard to stay very much in love with something if you are doing it 24-7, you know, with no break for other activities. So I think for like that, that longevity, it's so important just to switch off every now and again. Like, I think I make way better decisions for the week following if I completely switch off on a Sunday. Totally. Yeah. I think it just makes
1: you better anyway. And, yeah, and I guess, you know, I think we're both still so excited about, you know, the prospect of working in this industry for the foreseeable future and just being able to, yeah, take a few hours here and there and do something else and rip back into it is um, is good
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean it's just so easy to just yeah pick up coin gecko and develop a pretty unhealthy relationship with checking price and number go down and life bad all the time (laughs) but i think you also have to focus on being a good person and it probably makes you a better trader anyway um but i did want to ask as well because i don't have any formal education for someone that is maybe 18 19 that's like going to university now they're getting into that space and on the side they're super, you know, excited about crypto and maybe they're taking a degree in commerce or business or finance or something like that. Do you have any advice for people now that you've kind of gone through those motions and, and, you know, landed a couple of jobs now in the space, uh, I guess how you would navigate that out of university or throughout university to try and get involved as much as you can while still studying?
1: Yeah, I mean, most crypto um, people would probably tell you that university is a waste of time (laughs) (laughs) and... You know, I would I would definitely agree that you can learn more, you know, by not going to university. But at the same time, university is a great experience, and you meet a lot of people, and and you learn quite a bit. um, Especially if you're going down that more traditional finance route, or or you know, doing any other degree for that matter. Um, I guess it's you know, a lot of people in crypto, which is really cool, they don't really care as much about your experience or
0: the kind of pedigree
1: that you are it's more about you know just how much you know and your aptitude which is really cool so i feel like you know if you're doing a degree and you know you might be doing it because you like it or because your parents want you to or you know i don't know whatever reason it's like if you're doing a degree but you really want to learn about crypto and they're not teaching you um just yeah university of youtubing it. it's literally how like i feel like most crypto experts kind of learned that and then being able to just go and talk to people about it and go on Twitter and start posting stuff and trying to meet new people and, you know, just talk to people about crypto and kind of I feel like you'll just demonstrate that kind of understanding and the more people you kind of talk to as, you know, I would, you know, maybe there's I guess a bit of a talent shortage so people are always kind of looking for this or that and even just in DAOs, like you can get a job um, – you know writing content for a DAO or trading ideas for you know this protocol or that protocol or writing you know articles and press for this protocol that protocol so there's so many jobs that you can just get and start you know put it on your resume so then when you do get approached by someone else you can be like yeah like I know this and that and I've done this YouTube course and that YouTube course and I've also done some work for this and that so yeah just kind of just getting involved in it I guess and it's super easy and accessible so
0: getting the old feet wet huh getting the feet wet (laughs) yeah i think um like my experience in the industry as well is is people are very open to being able to talk to you i don't think there's many other examples where you could approach a ceo and you know the company's now unicorn and they're valued over a billion dollars but they don't mind to reply to your discord message at 11 12 p.m um but yeah i think it's it's pretty amazing that like autonomy and and how you can work remotely as well i think you know for the last 10 years or 20 years whatever it might be if you want to go work in in magical startup land with a bunch of, you know, amazing and fast paced tech companies, you have to go to the Valley. You have to go wherever that company is and really insert yourself and do the hours and be the intern. And you still might have to do those hours and work hard and and be the intern and, you know, get the, I guess in this case, proverbial coffees, but you're able to work with someone in the U S or India or Japan or China or wherever it might be. And, and, you know, you're able to be paid remotely as well. And for, a number of countries that aren't able to earn an amazing wage, you know, especially Southeast Asia and things like that, they can get paid in US dollars for a pretty competitive salary, you know. So totally,
1: it's so cool. Like thinking about working remotely and stuff, because I know, like me and you, like we we like the city and stuff, and I could totally see myself going and I don't know living in, you know, a city. Um, and there are cities that I really do like, but the fact, like or the kind of thought of being able to really have that freedom to work from anywhere or kind of here and there, um, kind of a bit in the office and a bit kind of wherever you want is just so cool. and so exciting. Um, but yeah, I think back to that point as well, like there's just so much going on and so much happening and so many people that want to get out there and talk to you. So I don't feel like you really need a strategy if you want to get into crypto. Like, it's not like, oh, you need a network with this person or just just totally get into that it's just like just find something you like and just rip into it learn everything about it and just talk to people and it's pretty pretty hard to go wrong i feel like if you're just passionate about it and learning a lot and talking to people yeah 100
0: percent. i think you could do hours and hours of going through the motions and planning how you might approach someone or do this or yeah exactly might, like it's changing
1: you know, so quickly every day and it's like just who knows what's it. gonna happen next so just yeah yeah i feel like we definitely try to plan a lot and yeah suffer imagine travels that um (laughs) never happen (laughs) no
0: it's a great way to put it and yeah i think on that note as well like it's it's so cool how you can meet so many different people from around the world and everyone in the space just is super open so i think not just listening to us but you know going to talk to anyone about that sort of question is how do i get into it everyone's going to give you a different answer but most people are pretty open about you know being able to get into the the industry and being able to hook you up with a job board or someone that is looking to hire or someone that's looking to build a team or just even creating content you know off of your own back at the start like building up a name in Twitter and things like that if you produce quality content it's probably you know one of the easier methods to build up a name for yourself in social media and and get to actually meet and talk with like minded people
1: forget LinkedIn just like start posting Twitter stuff and (laughs) you know people will take that any day of the week i love also just like kind of being involved in crypto and i guess stocks as well just like how much it teaches about yourself and who you not need to be but kind of who it makes you become um Mm -hmm. just i feel like you learn so much about yourself and yeah i think i really enjoy that aspect of crypto as well because it is i feel like even more um, emotionally and behavioral being Mm -hmm. driven um than traditional finance
0: yeah, 100%. So interesting to learn about all our little biases and yeah. why we're <laughs> probably our own worst enemy at almost it's all a, times. And yeah,
1: definitely feel less stressed um, like compared to anything else. Yeah. Like something happens or in, in real life and you're just like, yeah, this isn't too bad. Yeah, the, the
0: port's <laughs> down 25% on the daily. So I, I actually don't <laughs> care that much. It's so fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess a uh, better person, better trader. Yeah. I think that's probably a, a pretty good place to, to wrap it up. So thanks heaps for coming on the, the potty, Sean. Thanks for having me. That was great. It was lovely. I very, first, um, very much podcast. enjoyed your time. <laughs> 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 all right. Thanks heaps, guys, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll have a link to all the socials and whatnot and Rev's
1: website uh, just down below. So thanks heaps for tuning in.